0: Hello, and welcome to Calming the Chaos Podcast, where we talk with people around the world who can help you find peace in a chaotic world. I'm your host, Tracy Canella, licensed mental health counselor, certified eating disorder specialist, and advanced clinical hypnotherapist. Calming the Chaos Podcast is for those who want self-help resources and education. It's not a substitute for counseling or psychotherapy. So if you like what you hear, please subscribe and share it with your friends. Thanks so much for listening. And now, let the chaos begin. In this episode of Calming the Chaos, I'll be talking with Kim Keen. And Kim Keen is a certified life coach, and she does Reiki and a technique called integrated energy technique or therapy, IET, and she also has a podcast that she's going to talk a little bit about. So she has done a lot of public speaking and she is open to anything. In fact, her fan base or her following are moms, mostly moms. And so right before Mother's Day, in fact, we're going to air this on Mother's Day, Kim is here on Calming the Chaos so that we can talk about some of the common challenges that moms are facing in today's world. So... Kim and I will have, we have this list of things. We may not get through the whole list, but we have a lot of concerns. And our gift to you on Mother's Day is to tell you some ways that you can handle the chaos of being a mom. And so now I'd like to introduce my guest and add her to Calming the Chaos podcast. Hello, Kim.
1: Hi, thank you so much for having me.
0: Absolutely. This is so exciting. And I'm so glad that we're going to be able to air this on Mother's Day, even like two days before Mother's Day. This is yes. Friday, the May, May 6th that we're recording this. And so I'm just so happy to hear your wisdom and expertise and how you can help our moms out there.
1: Yes, I'm thrilled to share. Hopefully there will be some golden nuggets hidden within... <laughs> In the chaotic world of moms, you know? Yeah, exactly. Well, why don't we start by
0: having you tell a little bit about yourself and how you started doing the work that you do?
1: Yes. So um, I'm a mom. I have a 12-year-old and a 9-year-old, both daughters, and then I have four children as well. And um, I'm married. I've been with my husband for, we've been married almost 14 years, so that's the personal side. But the more professional side is that I'm a life coach and a Reiki practitioner as well as IET. And so I really help women who are struggling to get through that mom struggle and and really owning who they are as an individual and um, seeing that there's more, there's more of a dynamic self than just being a mom and letting go of some of that pressure that comes with that title of mom. So um, and that's sort of how I got to this place is I was a kindergarten teacher for six years and I left my career. And um, because I was burnt out and I was resistant, I didn't want to leave. But my husband said, you know, this isn't really working for you. It's it's time to call it quits. And that was devastating. Um, so I actually went to see a therapist because I thought I was having an identity crisis and she was going to help me through that. But it ended up being more than that. So there was um, hidden trauma, childhood trauma and um, trauma from an abusive relationship as a teenage girl that was there bubbling under the surface, which was leading to the feelings of being a failure for leaving my teaching career, but then also feelings of failure because I was struggling to adjust to becoming a stay-at-home mom. And so that was really how the journey began, leaving teaching, trying to adjust to stay-at-home mom life, really struggling with that because I wasn't necessarily a teacher anymore Mm -hmm. and, um, seeking help because the thoughts that I was having, they were not good thoughts (laughs) about myself or life. And I knew I needed to, to talk to someone. And that was really how the journey progressed, working through with a therapist for over a year and a half. And in that time, also learning meditation, yoga, having Reiki healing done. And, um, Delving into tapping a little bit, which you mentioned before we hopped on, and then um, kind of finishing it up, so to speak, because the journey is always happening um, with a life coach and then becoming a life coach myself.
0: Yeah. So, do you do most of your work online or in person? I, I don't know that you can even do Reiki online, but you know, in today's day and age, you know, anything can be done online.
1: So believe it or not, I do um, primarily all of my coaching is online and as is, as well as my Reiki work, um, you can actually do Reiki and IET. IET is another hands-on healing technique similar to Reiki, um, but it uses angel energy and you can actually send that energy work distance. So I've sent Reiki energy all the way to Germany.
0: That is so cool. You know, I think that when the pandemic hit, we thought we were going to be so limited. And for a time we were, but then we figured it out. Like necessity is the mother of invention. So now you are doing your energy healing work in Germany, which is so cool.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, and it's amazing. And I've sent it across, you know, the United States as well. So it's amazing how the pandemic on some level forced us to slow down, but in other ways, it really allowed us to open ourselves up because without the pandemic, I wouldn't have the connection that I have to Germany. So, um, so So there are some silver linings there for sure. Awesome.
0: Well, where do we want to start with helping our moms on Mother's Day? And not just our moms, but the moms who are out there and they have some concerns, right? And yeah. I don't know if you want to start out with maybe the most common concern that you see from your moms that you help in your practice.
1: Sure. It's the mom guilt. It's <laughs> Say
0: the mom more guilt. about that.
1: Yeah. So the mom guilt, so we have a whole list of things, you know, going from all the way from the pandemic and the things, you know, associated with the pandemic in terms of vaccines and wearing masks and social distancing and all of those things, all the way down to time and time management and school functions and managing working mom life and all of these things. And and a lot of the struggle goes back to mom guilt because um, we have this expectation of ourselves that we have so much to do And we have to do it at the highest of standards. And there are only so many minutes in the day. So we often feel like we never get things accomplished and our to-do list just grows and grows and grows and grows and grows. And no matter how many things we check off and it's that lack of checking off or the lack of patience because we're feeling frustrated because we're not checking things off or the laundry is piling up or the dishes are piling up. And so we don't get to tackle all of these things that we set out for ourselves and then we feel so guilty about it because it's there's overwhelm and the guilt ends up leading to us sometimes losing our patience with our children or our partner then we feel guilty about that and so it's a, it's about expectations what realistic setting realistic expectations for ourselves letting go of that perfectionism a little bit and really recognizing what's within our control mhm You
0: make it sound so easy. Yes. Uh, Like when moms are pulled in all different directions and partly it's because moms put a lot on themselves. Mm -hmm. Another part of it is there's, it's a big job. Yeah. So mom guilt. So as guilt as I understand it as an emotion is something when you've done something wrong and and shame is when you are something wrong. So there could be maybe a mix of, of both of those in there, yeah. But the mom guilt is is a huge thing. I think, <laughs> uh, yeah. especially the way I experience it as, as a therapist working with moms in my private practice uh, too. So, what do we do about that? How do we how do we help moms get through mom guilt?
1: Yeah. So, um, and you're right. It is mixed with shame as well. Uh, it's it's sort of a double whammy, and. So you're right. It does sound so easy to be like, oh, let go of the perfectionism. Oh, set realistic expectations. Only focus what's on and you know, what's in your control. And so it, uh, when you say it like that, it really does sound easy. And it, it often feels challenging to let that mom guilt go. And that was one of the biggest things that I struggled with when I was going through therapy and, and working with a life coach was being able to release that guilt. And it, it really stemmed back on me because I felt like I wasn't good enough and doing a good enough job. And so I felt like because of that, I wasn't doing motherhood right. And so that was where the guilt came from. And so I had to really take a step back and say, well, who's telling me that I'm not doing motherhood right? No one was. It was me telling myself that because I was comparing myself to other moms at the mommy and me groups i was comparing myself to the other parents at school and i didn't interact with the parents at school because it was in car line or dropping off or at class parties and things like that so i was telling myself this story about how amazing these other moms were and how deficient i was just by looking at them maybe because they had the newest michael kors purse and i didn't or their child had this you know brand new shoes and my kids didn't you know things like that that really had no bearing on whether I was doing a good job as a mom or not. And so it was those stories, those false stories that I was concocting that was feeding my thought of being a bad mom, of not doing a good enough job, not measuring up. And so I had to really check those stories and say, where is this coming from? And it was because I was comparing myself. And usually when we compare ourselves, we never are the ones who are measuring up. We're never the ones who are at the top of the scale. We're always the ones at the bottom of the scale. And so it was really about letting go of that comparison um, because I honestly didn't know what was going on in that other person's household. I mean, for all I know, they could have been struggling more than me and I just didn't know it. So, um, so I had to really let go of the comparison because that wasn't anything that I can control in my own four walls, and my own family. I had no idea what was going on there. So focusing on this made up story was not helping me at all, at all.
0: Well, yeah. And you have to notice that you are in that made up story, right? Mm -hmm. So some people may not, some moms out there may not even notice that they are in this made up story. They are automatically doing these comparisons. They're not aware of it. And I don't know if therapy helped you to sort of realize that Hey, this is what I'm doing to myself. I'm constantly comparing myself to not just these moms, but the ideas I have about these moms being so much better than I am. And the noticing, I think, is a really good place to start. Cause if you can't really change
1: it if you don't notice it, right? Yes. And so I I had to recognize in order for me to be able to notice it, I had to start looking at the triggers. And so it was um the trigger of a mom in my mind perceived to be dressed nicer than me or driving a nicer car than me there was some indication of that she had it just a little bit better than I did and when I started to have that trigger then of course I started to get the knots in my stomach I could feel the racing heart so that was really where the the awareness piece came I had to take us I had to just pause for a second and and notice what my body was feeling as well as the thoughts that were starting. And that was when I could say, oh, wait, is do you where is the evidence, Kim, to support this thought that you're having right now? And I couldn't back it up. <laughs> I mm-hmm. didn't have solid tangible evidence because I had to say to myself, just because she's driving an Audi and I'm not, or just because she has the newest handbag and I don't, hold on, that doesn't mean anything.
0: But- well, you noticing it in your physical body, and you're noticing the trigger in your in your mind and your body are working together. It mm-hmm. sounds like um, I've worked with these uh, with people in therapy who have all kinds of mm-hmm. disorders. And, and then they'll have this feeling in their body and we'll name it. We'll even say like, oh yeah, that's right. This is the feeling I get when I compare myself to somebody or I'm yes. telling myself a story about myself that isn't true. And then you can do that work with your mind. What you said about, you know, well, you didn't say it this way, but you checked the guilt. You, yes. It's like you're in court. You would put it on trial, right? Yes. Is it actually true? So putting the guilt on trial.
1: Yes, and I also had to to really check what my values were. So that was the other piece because I was having this guilt because I was sort of living in this way where I was focused on what other people were thinking or doing and it took it put everything into an external perspective it took everything away. In a sense, it it was discrediting myself. And because I was looking at other people's values or the ways that I thought they were showing up, uh, then I thought, oh, well, if that's how other moms are doing it, then my way must not be right. And so again, I thought I was doing something wrong. And so that was the other place where I had to really tap into what do I want for my family? What do I believe is important? What do I value? And when I could tap into that really and check and say, okay, I'm actually living in alignment with the things that I value, then I I realized like, okay, I'm actually doing a pretty good job. I'm actually not doing as bad as I think I am. Mm -hmm. And so that was another thing that allowed me to release some of that mom guilt. Not to say that I don't ever have it. I most certainly do. I just don't have it as often.
0: Yeah. And so an example of a a mom who is a working mom who comes home after a hard day of work and has a a million things on her mind and has done multitasking all day, comes home to the family. And so if the family, if the value is peace and harmony in the family and there is anything but peace and harmony. There's a dog jumping on you and a meal to be made and kids wanting to tell you something or needing something from you. and then there's this chaos, I should say, yeah at home.
1: Yes. So Um, And that I think happens with even stay at home moms, you know, so it's same thing. It's like we pick the kids up from school, we get home and then we're trying to unload backpacks and we're trying to get homework started and we're trying to work on dinner and the dogs are barking and the spouse is getting home and they're needing something. So it's the same. And I think that's part of the other reason we have this mom guilt is we think the working moms are doing such a much better job at navigating all the things than the stay-at-home moms. And the working moms think the stay-at-home moms are doing such a better job of navigating things. And when we're all, whether we're a stay-at-home mom or a working mom, the struggle is generally the same. Um, But it's it's really a matter of setting a standard for yourself and for how the afternoon is going to go. So routine is really great. And this was something that my husband and I struggled with early on in the journey, he works crazy hours. And so I got the kids home, got them started homework, trying to get dinner. And then at this point in the day, I'm exhausted. And I felt like I needed a minute, but he was coming through the door and continuing to work. And I still wouldn't see him for another hour. (laughs) So I just, I had to say, I, this isn't working for me. I actually had to speak up and say, I need your help, children. I need your help, husband because I'm not able to do this all. And I know sometimes as moms, it's hard for us to ask for help or it's hard for us to state what we need because there's that guilt there. Like we should be able to do it all and manage it all without asking for help and without needing to put ourselves first at any point in time. But that really was the game changer. I had to say, okay, when we get home, girls, I need 15 minutes. You are to go wash your hands, get changed out of your school clothes get your homework books out, and get yourself started. So for 15 minutes, you are not allowed to ask me for anything. You are not allowed to tell me anything because I'm also letting the dogs outside so that they can go outside and do what they need to do. And that was so helpful. And it was a struggle for them at first because it's hard as a child not to say, hey, guess what? But we had already chatted about the school day in the car. So that I was firm on that. I need this time. Once I get myself organized, I will let you know. It might only be 10 minutes. I will let you know when I'm ready to talk. And mm-hmm. after a little bit of time they were really able to do it. So often we don't give our our kids credit for being able to be independent. And same thing with my husband. I said when you get home from work, you have 15 minutes to go in, finish up any task, phone call, whatever it is that you might have been working on when you left the office. 15 minutes. After that, I am tagging you in and I am tagging myself out for 30 minutes and you can focus on dinner, finishing it up, starting baths for the kids, whatever the case may be, but I am taking this time for myself. And that was hard for me to to relinquish that control of that 15 minutes and that 30 minutes. But once I was able to do that, I was better prepared to manage all of the things that were coming at me. Um, You know, because sometimes it is overwhelming. It's like you feel like you can't catch your breath, but it's just a matter of setting the standard. Hey, this is how it's going to be when we get home from school. This is the routine. This is the standard for you. This is the standard for me. This is the standard for dad or whomever else is in the household. And then everyone's on the same page and they know.
0: Mm. So important. And I have two follow-up questions for for you on that is one how do you get the kids to understand and your husband to understand that it's important to you? And two, how do you get them to to, to actually do it?
1: Yeah. So um, I explained to them, I'm very transparent. So when I'm losing my patience after the fact, I go to whoever I lost my patience with and say, I'm really sorry. That wasn't the best way that I could have handled it. But in that moment, I was overwhelmed. I felt like I couldn't catch my breath. I felt like you weren't listening to me or whatever the case was, and I just couldn't take it anymore. But next time I'm gonna try to take a deep breath or I'm gonna ask to be excused for a few minutes and come back. And so really helping them to understand what's going on with me in terms of my thought process, my emotional state, what I'm feeling physically within my body. So that way they understand that A, I'm human too, and I'm not perfect. But that way they understand how they're impacting me and I'm impacting them. So there's no uh, like hidden surprises or no misunderstandings. Everything is very clear out in the open. So I always try to be transparent. So And that was the same thing explaining to my children and my husband, hey, it's really difficult when we get home for everyone to be talking at the same time and the dogs to bark and to get backpacks undone and to get st- dinner started and homework started. I have to be able to... Look girls to see what your homework is in order for me to be able to help you. I have to, you know, be able to empty your backpacks to get to the homework. So and your clothes are filthy with germs, so please go wash. <laughs> and so um, you know, so really explaining to them the reason that I'm asking this of them and telling them it's not to be mean, it's not that I don't want to talk to you, it's not that I don't want to hear you. I just need this time so that we can get set up so the rest of the evening and afternoon can go smoothly. And same thing with my husband, explaining that to him. And he completely understood. You know, I said, it doesn't feel real nice when you walk in the door and you don't even make eye contact with anyone. It's like, you know, it's almost like we're invisible. We would like to be seen. But more importantly, I need your help because I've been doing this all day. And at this point, I'm tired. So I just need a break so I can quickly re energize and finish the day in a much better mindset than if I didn't get that break.
0: Yeah. And then so you get relief from the mom guilt by actually asking your family to participate in in, in giving you space. And they're capable of so much more. And then we can relinquish that that uh, need to do everything and yeah. we can let them do. And they're very capable of doing it. And they yeah. get used to it. Like you said, after a they while, do. they get used
1: to it. Yeah. And not to say, you know, and it's never like, initially it was really bumpy because they they would forget and they didn't understand how long 15 minutes really was. So I set the timer. I'm like, when you hear the timer go off, that means the 15 minutes is over. And of course, there were times where they would come in before the timer and I would say, no, I'm not ready. Please go back to doing whatever you were doing. Remember, you have to wait for the timer. And so it's just like with us, it's just building a habit. It's building a routine. It's helping them practice through it. So if 15 minutes is really not doable for your kids because they're still really small, just start with five minutes. And then once they get five minutes down, you can go to 10. And then once they get 10 minutes, you can go to 15. So it's really about building practices gradually so that everybody can adjust and transition smoothly without too many bumps and hiccups. But it really, when they're not doing it, they just need a gentle reminder and they eventually get on board.
0: Well, you sound really organized with your time and I don't know how you got there because it seems like you do have specific increments of time and maybe it was trial and error or whatever it was that you figured out. This is this is going to work for me. I only need 15 minutes. Uh, the timer that you set on the, I don't know, maybe it was a stove timer or an I, I think of one of those old egg timers or whatever mm-hmm. timer that you use, but... But tell us about how it was that you got to be able to manage your time so well with kids and all the other things that you've got going on in your life.
1: Yeah. So when I first became a stay-at-home mom, time management was not my strong suit because I was so used to juggling full-time teaching career and home life. And that was really not manageable well at all. So then I had this time and I thought, oh my gosh, this is it feels too uncomfortable to have... Less on my schedule, so there was this website I don't even know if it still exists, but it was called flylady.net, and she is like the guru of routines and organization. So I literally poured into that website and became obsessed with it. Um, maybe borderline unhealthy, obsessed with it, but her whole thing is about routines and, um. So, and you never go to bed with a dirty sink and dirty dishes. So I really do one load of laundry a day and that's it. So I could commit to those small things, putting a load of laundry on in the morning. And then, so when the girls were eating their breakfast, laundry was done and I could go switch the loads. And then I didn't have to worry about it for the rest of the day. But um, the other thing was that she said, you know, put up your morning routine on a piece of paper and tape it inside of your kitchen cabinet. Put your evening routine. Tape it on your bathroom mirror. So I had both of those resources to tap into, and that just was a gradual building of time. And then I also started bullet jo- bullet journaling. So I just made you know the five things that I needed to get done that day, and I put them in the bullet journal. And I would just say, okay, you know, Casey is playing right now. This is a perfect time for me to go wash those lunch dishes oh, this, you know, she's doing this right now. It's Monday. It's a dusting day. So Casey and I can dust. And so that was the other thing too. It was like with cleaning, you shoot—you focused on one task a day. So it was laundry every day. And then you picked your schedule. Monday was this, Tuesday was this. So you only had a few tasks to focus on. Now I rely less on that, but that was really how I got started initially with organization. It was just putting it down in a bullet journal and really, just focusing on minimal tasks instead of trying to do eight thousand things in one day. Exactly. I
0: had totally forgotten about Fly Lady, mm-hmm. and it would. Yeah. So the whole premise behind Fly Lady is you do a little bit at, at a time, yeah. And so nothing gets completely disorganized, and everything, you know, the kitchen sink gets cleaned, or the bathroom eventually becomes, you know, what it should be organized, and and it doesn't overwhelm you, right? Yeah.
1: Yes. And it literally took five minutes in the morning for me to clean the bathroom sink. And then on the bathroom days, because I didn't have to worry about the sink because I wiped it out every day. I just have the tub, the shower, the toilet. It just made things so much faster and easier. And so then that also gave me room to schedule in you know, the mommy and me groups, the library reading time, swim class, gymnastics, whatever else was on the agenda for that week. It made it feel more doable.
0: Yeah, and finding those pockets of time too, like, oh, somebody's playing and so this is the perfect time for me to do this task. And the bullet journal, did you come out with that yourself or was that a fly lady technique?
1: Uh, That was a Pinterest find, actually. Uh So um, Pinterest was because I wasn't on social media for a long time. So Pinterest was like my version of social media back when this all started. And I was just scrolling Pinterest and I love pens and papers. It's the teacher in me. And I found a pin of these beautiful bullet journals. And so then I started doing that because I was like, oh, who doesn't love pens and paper and notebooks? So (laughs) that was the guilty pleasure of finding these beautiful journals and using them to bullet journal. Oh my gosh. I am, you can get me
0: talking about office supplies for days too. I don't know what that is all about. And I'm not even a teacher. I just love just looking at office supplies. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what's another common concern that you see with moms these days? I don't know if you wanted to talk about a pandemic related stuff or like as we're moving out of the pandemic or if there's something else that's more pressing for moms uh, these days that you are seeing uh, as you work with them.
1: Yeah, so I think the pandemic is a big one, especially as we're shifting out, because now it's, you know, do you still have your kid wear a mask to school, even though the mask mandate has been lifted, because you're worried that the other parents are going to look at you like you're a little bit cuckoo for keeping the mask on. But then there are other moms who are completely confident in their decision to keep the masks on. And they're posting things on social media, like, you know, we're making the decision to continue wearing our masks because we've had no cold stomach bugs and this is what we're choosing to do so please be kind so i feel like there's this um even the moms who are confident in the decision there's still a little bit of concern there of you know are people going to be mean to me because i'm not going with the flow and now there's talk of vaccines being opened for younger children and the uncertainty of that and so you know there's this again it kind of goes back to the mom guilt but this fear of us making the wrong decision as a mom, you know, if we don't get our children vaccinated and they get sick, then people will criticize us for not getting the vaccine. But if we give our child the vaccine and then they have complications from a side effect from the vaccine, then we're criticized for being, you know, an unsafe mom or an unsafe parent and giving our kids this vaccine that there isn't enough information about. And so there's this um, kind of this feeling of like, who do we listen to? Where do we go to get the right information? And then when we make a decision based on what we think is the right choice, sometimes there are repercussions because not everybody's going to agree with our decision.
0: Yeah, and when you're making a decision or a choice that's important, because it's seen, uh, it, is it seen by people on social media, people who are in your your actual everyday world, or is it more like a self? Like I'm I'm trying to see this for myself and see if it's the right decision. I think you said criticized, right? So we all yes. we all have our own inner critic, but yes. we actually do have critics out there now, like in our real world and in yes. social media too. So, so what? How do we do? With these critics.
1: Yeah. So, and I think it comes from all of those places. It comes from social media. It comes from actually the people that you interact with on a day to day basis. And then it comes from yourself. And I feel like often we are our own worst inner critics um, because there's so much uncertainty around if we make the wrong decision, who's going to find out? What are they going to say? How are they going to react? And And am I prepared to handle that? So maybe I just don't make the decision at all. And then it's, you know, when you are confronted and typically people don't confront face to face anymore. They do that on social media because they don't actually have to own up to the things that they're saying because it's easier to do it behind the screen. And so uh, the criticism and the comments on social media can be just as hurtful um there was a mom friend that i was just talking to and she felt like she was being treated unkindly on social media for a question that she asked and she was really hurt by that and so so those are just as painful and I, you know it's it can feel hard but i just say as long as you know that you're making a decision from your heart and what you feel is the right choice that's really the only thing that you have control over you don't have control over what those other people are going to think say, feel, or do about you or towards you, you only have control over yourself and really standing in that. And that, that for me was a huge relief when I was like, oh my gosh, I actually can't control what other people are going to do. I only can control myself. And so if, if I know, if I stop and think like, okay, this is a decision that I'm making and I feel like it's the right thing to do. I've checked in with my, you know, my gut feeling, it feels fine in my gut. It feels good in my heart that's the only way that I can move forward. Trying to get yes. out of that thinking process too much.
0: Yeah, and, that, and you, so what you're talking about is using your, your intuition, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. your inner knowing so that I know in my heart. And then probably some checking in with your values as well. Yeah. Like if I value this, then I'm probably gonna make a decision in this direction versus another direction. So yeah. using that gut, using yeah. that old body, right? The body yeah. is really helpful in all of that. Uh, yeah. Well, do you work with any moms who whose kids are struggling with either school violence or bullying and they're being harassed and moms just don't really kind of know what to do with the school system and or with like handling conflict with, the, you know, their kids getting bullied or beat up at school. I guess that would go the other way like say you are a mom who has a kid who is bullying somebody at mm-hmm. school. I don't know if you work, is that a less common uh, issue that you see? I know I work with a lot of teens who experience bullying on the side of being bullied. So I thought I'd bring that up.
1: Yeah, so I actually have an after-school program that I run for um, students, girls in grades one through six. So there is some of that. And so I really, and so the parents aren't really sure how to navigate that either as the girls aren't. And so I really try to help them both understand why someone would bully someone else. And so really it's because that person is feeling badly about themselves. So it's easier to make yourself feel better by tearing someone else's house down than it is to build your own house tall. Mm -hmm. So, um, and then also helping them to understand that sometimes we do it because we want the attention of someone else. We are having Uncertainty somewhere else in our life. And so by doing this, it creates the certainty that we're seeking. But also, sometimes in a weird way, bullying creates connection um, for the person that's doing the bullying because they oftentimes will gather other children in their bullying circle because those kids don't want to be bullied. So then they stand by the bully as sort of the support team. Like, yes, because they'll do anything they can to stay out of that bully's path. So it's this dynamic of the reason the bullying is happening from the aggressor and then sort of the sidekicks, but then also the victim. So there's this dynamic taking place there. And um, usually it's that the bully sees that the victim as a threat in some way, shape or form, whether it's due to popularity or stability that that bully doesn't have at home that the victim does. And so when I work with the girls in my program, I really want them to understand how they can meet their own needs, how to foster their own self-esteem and really own who they are individually. So that way they have that confidence to withstand a bully and understand why the bully is bullying, but also so they don't end up in that role of bully. Mm -hmm.
0: You really do help them to broaden their understanding of why this is happening instead of just the standard, oh, just ignore them
1: you Mm -hmm. know,
0: which, you know, works perfectly in every situation. Just
1: ignore them. Yes. And there's the communication piece too. So sometimes it is appropriate just to ignore the situation, but I also help them learn how to communicate so that they can actually say to the bully, I don't like this. And I'd like you to stop. Or they can go to an adult and say, this is happening and I need your help. Can you please help me? Mm Mm-hmm. So that way they don't feel like they have to go it alone, but also so that they can, their friends can say, oh my gosh, you know, you're being bullied and I know how to help communicate this to make this stop.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then on the uh, parents who have bullies as, you know, so say they get the, that call from the school, your kid's in the principal's office, and there's this this idea of discipline, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you have any a go-to techniques or anything to offer moms who are struggling to effectively discipline their kids.
1: Yeah, so I So for me, I always try to go to the root cause of the situation. And that was what I did in my classroom too. I always like to use a logical consequence um, because oftentimes the go-to is, well, I'm taking your phone for a week, but is taking the phone for a week or taking the video game privilege or taking the TV away, is that really going to help them understand that whatever the choice was that they made to bully someone. Now, unless it was texting or cyberbullying, then, okay, it makes sense to withhold the electronics. But ha- so getting past that surface level consequence and really digging deep into, okay, what is the problem here? You're bullying someone because you don't feel love and connection here at home. So that means I need to do something a little bit differently as a mom or with my with the parent. And maybe it's a, a family where there's a separation or a divorce. So then, okay, maybe I need to come back together with dad or the other parent to make a plan here so that we're both on the same page. We both can tap into getting this child to feel more love and connection at home. Maybe it is that they need to go work with a therapist. Maybe there's some lingering issues from the separation or divorce. Mm -hmm. And so really taking that approach, getting to the root cause of, you know, if they're skipping school, With a particular group of friends, why are they choosing to hang with these friends? What what about skipping school is meeting their need in that moment? What about bullying is meeting their need in that moment? So that really gives a broader snapshot into what is going on and why. Um, Same thing with talking back. You know, my daughter could people looking on the outside looking and be like, oh, she's talking back to you. And so, yes, at times she is, but I have to stop and say, okay, why is she trying to raise her voice? Or why is she constantly coming back at me with another remark? And if she's trying to be feel significant or she's trying to feel heard or she's trying to feel seen. And when I switch my approach and say, okay, you know, Lily, please don't raise your voice. What do you need to say? It usually de-escalates the situation instead of them me yelling back at her or me grounding her or me sending her to her room or whatever the case may be. It just gives us a more open perspective of actually why is this happening?
0: Getting to that root of why, mm-hmm. it's, why it's happening in the first place. And then on both sides making adjustments. We make yeah. adjustments as parents and then the kids make adjustments as well.
1: Yes, and sometimes it's not easy to make the adjustment as the parent because it's easier to say, "Oh my gosh, my kid's a brat," you know, it's their fault, not mine. But you know, it's it also shows for them that we also can adjust, we're also learning, and we're also evolving, and so it just makes that dynamic more open, and it also fosters that trust because then it's not that me against you dynamic; it's that we're in this together dynamic.
0: Right, right. Do you, you mentioned divorce, and that was one of the items on our list. And gosh, the time is just being eaten up. I just kind of want to talk to you for oh, forever, really. Yes, there's likewise. So many concerns. Um, it, you mentioned divorce, and I wonder do you work with moms who are going through a divorce, whether they're um, going to be a single mom, all of those? I think that there's probably a lot of that going on. Do I get a divorce? Do I stay together because of the kids and that mom guilt, maybe? be coming back. Do you have yeah. anything to say to moms who are in that situation?
1: Yeah. So it's not always like a cut and dry thing. Like, oh, you have to leave. I always say, you know, where are the feelings for divorce coming from? Is it something that you feel like you can actually work through or is the ship sailed and there's no repairing it? Mm-hmm. You know, cause if you're going to stay in the relationship just for the kids, the kids actually see that it's not working. And oftentimes that's just as stressful for them and it's not enjoyable. And so sometimes the kids are actually more relieved when the parents separate or get a divorce because they feel like, okay, I can have my mom back. She's not miserable anymore. Or I can have my dad back. He's not miserable anymore. Or we can just have peace and harmony because there's no more fighting. There's no more tension. There's no more disagreement. So I always just check in, you know, what's the motivation for leaving or staying and really you know at the end of the day i it's not my household it's not my relationship so i can only guide by asking questions but for me that's the big thing is what's the motivation and is it a healthy motivation or is it more of an unserving motivation to stay and th- and then moving forward from there
0: yeah good very good question to ask and well finally i want to address uh, social media and yes. parents and moms Uh, They have to monitor their kids' use of social media. There's just a lot of information out there. Do you have any tips or advice for moms who are struggling with their kids' use of social media, being on their phones, being on the computer, all that other stuff that comes with social media?
1: Yeah. So I think you know monitoring, of course, is important. And I think it's hard for children to understand why they're being monitored. They feel like they're being watched. Because they're not trusted. And so really explaining to them that, no, it's not that we don't trust you. We do, but we don't trust the other people on the internet because people on the internet aren't always truthful. And so there's, you know, grooming. And so people will get into these chats that are supposed to be intended for children or even YouTube kids. It's intended to be for children. They're supposed to be, you know, um, I'll say like security measures to make sure that it's a safe place but people always inevitably find a way around those and so you know children need to understand the risks associated with social media that there are people out there who are predators who do prey and they find those kids you know they can tell if a child is being supervised or not based on the child's responses their response time the amount of time that they're on that device you know all these things can be is seen or inferred on some level from the outlooker in And so it's just really explaining to them that it's not about not trusting you. It's about making sure that you're safe, because the last thing we want is for something that happens to you. And so that's sort of the way to keep the communication open. Now, there are children who will create the fake social media accounts, and that's maybe not as easy for the parent to figure out. But I feel like if you keep the conversation open, you keep the dynamic of talking and honesty and openness and transparency there it's somewhat easier to navigate that, but also just explaining and setting you know setting standards. These are the times that we're using technology. Is your homework done? Have you read for 30 minutes? Whatever you value for the development of your child. If the child has done those things, then yes, you may have technology time. And it might be setting a timer on the device where it shuts off and they can't get back in. And I know sometimes they don't like that, but sometimes it comes to that. Sometimes the, you know, the kids are used to the routine. So building in that routine, like, okay, this is I get this much YouTube kids today, or I get this much video game time. And then now I have to find something else to do. And so letting them determine when they're gonna use that time. Are you gonna use all of your 30 minutes at one shot, or are you gonna do 15 minutes in the morning and 15 minutes in the afternoon? So giving them a little bit of choice um, and autonomy in making the decisions but having a conversation and making it very clear why you have the standards that you have. And if you aren't on board with those standards, then you lose the privilege because that's a logical consequence.
0: Wow. So many, so many nuggets right there. You wanted like one golden nugget. Well, there was just a bunch right there for social media. It's almost, yeah, it's like just that, that little thing that you just said, all of that stuff. Um, Kim, I'm going to go ahead and put your website on the screen here. Her website for you who are just listening to the podcast is www.kimkeen.com. that is k And speaking of that, I'm going to go ahead and attempt to share the screen with you and let's take a little peek at your website. Shall we? We should. <laughs> okay. Here we go. Yeah. Can you see it? Okay. Yeah. It looks good. All right. This is awesome because it starts and it's it's a a page that that starts with this scheduling a call and a free guide, uh, five
1: reasons you're feeling stuck, and this is for anybody, right? Not just moms. Yes. So this is for the woman, and and men can relate this to this too, but it's primarily for women who are at that, you know, the journey, they've done the therapy, but there's still like that little bit of a piece that's missing and they can't quite put their finger on it. And so, um, so this is for them and this is going to be that last sort of push to get them over the hump.
0: I see. Okay, great. This free guide will give you clarity what you need to do to move forward with more ease. Gosh, that sounds amazing. I think I'm going to get that free guide. <laughs> Anything. Free, I love to right? you know
1: what you think. <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So then it comes down here and tells about uh, what you're doing, and uh, I really like the color schemes in your oh, website. Thank you. Yeah, it's really super cool. Uh, so then, and then you have some some things here uh, about uh, testimonies from from clients uh, that call you, and so sh- you've been on Rewire, the Stress Less Show, and Up Journey, and yeah. so some of these things that, that and now are, I can add calming the chaos. You can add calming the chaos. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, it's organized really, really super well. And uh, yeah, I appreciated that. And so um, so you also have um, a podcast, yes. which is, uh, you can get to it from your website and I'll show it to you uh, in a minute. Of course, you've already seen it. I'll show, show it to my viewers in a minute, but it is called One of a Kind You. So while I'm sharing the screen or attempting to do so, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about your podcast and I'll try and bring it up here on the
1: screen. Yeah. So this is um, literally me in the thick of the struggle. So reading my journal entries from when I was working with my therapist and going through life coaching and trying to navigate that and being a mom all at the same time. And so I share what I know now and what I wish I had known then. And and we've I've been having more guests on recently. So there's lots of guest um, episodes coming up and hopefully you'll be one of those future guests yeah, I know. I still
0: have to schedule. You You have a sophisticated calendar way of scheduling things instead of the way I do it. But I, I do have that email and I am intending to get on because uh, we have a special sort of plan to talk about yes. uh, eating disorders. And yes. that's what I specialize in. And I love these titles, Stuck in My Head, Are You Aligned with Your Values, Change Starts with You, and they're really super recent, too, so it's it looks like you are podcasting fairly regularly, and you probably have a certain amount or block of time that you uh, have organized for yourself to do podcasting.
1: Yeah, so uh, the episodes come out every Wednesday, and I actually have um, done every Wednesday almost every week since August of 2020. There have been maybe two or three times where I've missed a week, but it's been pretty consistent for the most part. So um, I actually record my podcast episodes typically in the car when my daughters are at piano.
0: My gosh, yeah. that is really super cool. So you just build it in, build in that time. Yes, you too can be a podcaster as, as a lot, many people are these days, right? Yes. Awesome. Okay. So you also have an Instagram and uh, that is Kim V Keen, K E A N E. So you had to put the V in there because apparently your name was taken by somebody else. How dare yes. they?
1: <laughs> yeah. So V is my middle initial, so it still works, but yeah. um, so I was hoping to have Kim Keen on all socials since I got lucky enough to have Kim Keen for my website, but that's okay.
0: Yeah. V as in Victor, Kim V Keen is Instagram and same for Facebook, Kim V Keen. And she is so slick. She even has a TikTok.
1: Oh, uh, (laughs) look, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just starting to dip the toe into TikTok and I have to be super honest and say that it feels so awkward. And so... (laughs) My daughters make fun of me and they mock me for what they think I look like on TikTok. So it's great. It's great. <laughs>
0: I can't wait to check out some of your TikToks. And I've got one. I've got a couple of silly ones where I'm a cat and then I am a man. That oh, I looks, love it. I, I look like Jared Leto. Uh, really? man. It's, it's really super weird. Um, but I'm like, is this how, is this how this works? So I'm really clueless about it. But that TikTok is at Kim V Is in Victor again, Keen, K-E-A. And e, So yeah. And I also learned today that you have uh, a blog and I'm going to attempt to share the screen yeah. one more time. One post, that. but more to come. More to come. Okay. Yeah. So here's the post, uh, three reasons why you need support during your healing journey, which seems like a pretty good post. <laughs> Maybe you should just keep it at
1: one. <laughs> We'll see. It feels great just at one right now, but there's definitely more swirling in the mind. So definitely more to come. Yeah.
0: Awesome. Well, it sure has been great uh, to have you uh, as a guest. I'll put the website again up on the screen. That's Kim Keene, K-E-A-N-E dot com. Uh, Kim, do you have any parting thoughts for moms on Mother's Day, encouragement words, anything that you'd like to uh, say
1: to them as we uh, close our chat for today? Yes. Just be gentle with yourself. Mm -hmm. Let go of the perfectionism as much as you can, but just really be gentle with yourself. Give yourself grace and compassion the same way that you would for your best friend. Do that for yourself awesome advice.
0: Kim, thank you so much for being on Calming the Chaos today. I really appreciate having you
1: uh, as a guest and happy Mother's Day. Oh, thank you. And thanks so much for the opportunity to chat with you. It's been lovely. Yeah.
0: Thank you for listening to Calming the Chaos podcast. If the information in this podcast has been helpful, please consider subscribing and share it with your friends. You can find this podcast on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Music, Spotify, and on YouTube. You can also go to our podcast website at www.comingthechaospodcast.com, where you can listen to all Calming the Chaos podcasts. Thanks so much for listening, and I look forward to sharing my next podcast episode with you. In the meantime, take care.